the concerns around automation making roles obsolete, what we're suggesting is exactly the opposite. We want people to embrace their skills and use those skills to add value. So the process of adding value to the client conversation means that you can ask more for it. And that's a really important part of the process of developing your clients. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, founder and CEO of JGA Recruitment Specialist Payroll Recruiters. And today I am joined on the podcast sofa by Richard McLean. Now, after 20 years of working in IT, Rich and his three co-founders took the leap and created their own payroll business called KeyPay. It's a cloud-based payroll and workforce management tool. And since it's launched in 2012, it's become an award-winning, trusted partner to over 158,000 businesses across the UK, Australia, New Zealand and Singapore. Now, Rich is passionate about keeping business processes simple and passionate about removing the unnecessary stresses in the payroll and workforce world. Rich also believes that we can make pay payroll profitable. And we're going to talk a lot more about that during the course of this podcast. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Let's jump in if I can and just ask you, how does the payroll market differ in Australia from the UK, especially in terms of technology, uh, perception, complexities? And I guess, how do you see the two markets progressing in the future? Thanks, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I, uh, I've been looking forward to this for ages. So, um, yeah, that, that's a really interesting question. The, I guess the, the UK and the Australian markets are very different around payroll compliance and reporting uh, perspectives. And, you know, the, the Australian market has a really complex set of rules around the way people are paid and, and the type of work that they do. And, and that's sort of governed by a, a component of the workplace uh, law in Australia, which is the Fair Work Act. Right. And we have what are called modern awards, which are a whole bunch of rules based to provide you a, a guide to how you have to pay people. And Fair Work actually, you know, audits uh, businesses and make sure they're paying people correctly. In the UK, the rules are a lot less complex around the paying of people, although they're a lot more complex around things like statutory leave and those sorts of things. So I guess the the experience, uh, you know, we've gained across the four countries that we're in sort of tells us that each of the areas that we go into are equally as complex, but, you know, they're not particularly uh, similar in the way that they're complex, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, and I guess one of the one of the biggest gaps uh, between the payroll industry or payroll software industry in the UK and Australia is the you know payroll providers. There is a far greater take up of cloud payroll software, and that's that's uh, you know a significant difference to the UK market, which is predominantly driven by desktop software. So we, we've internally we've got what we call a, a cloud awareness uh, index. So if we look at the year 2020 in Australia, and we're very cloud aware across not only payroll, but accounting and ERP and a whole range of things. 2013 is the equivalent uh, year of cloud awareness in the UK. Wow. So there's a really big difference between the, the uptake and the use of cloud software. 
And I guess uh, one of the other big things is the amount of outsourcing that happens in the UK. So outsourced or bureau payroll in the UK is really prevalent. Uh, you know, in Australia uh, in 2018, there was about only 25% of businesses used outsourced payroll. In the UK, it's far greater than that, 60 plus percent uh, across the, the bureau outsourcing market. I think it provides a really different set of opportunities for the UK market, uh, you know, in accountants and bookkeepers and, and specialised bureau providers to sell and provide quality payroll services. So that there's significant differences. And, and one of the greatest differences is the amount of businesses that are trading in the UK. Um, you know, you've got 2 million odd actively trading limited companies with, you know, 800,000 odd of those uh, are director only businesses. Um, and, and 990,000 of them actually are employers. So the market's huge in the UK, which is uh, something we're, we're really looking forward to, to getting into. Well, I know that you've been making waves at some of the award ceremonies. Um, I was at the CIPP Awards last year, and I think uh, you swept away with a few of them. But I, I'd be interested to know in particular, so obviously – being from the UK myself, we always consider London to be kind of like the financial epicenter, that we're ahead in terms of technology. So for me, it's a bit of a surprise to realise potentially we're quite a way behind in the cloud-based market. Certainly as a payroll recruiter, I've seen a lot of companies starting to implement cloud-based solutions now. I guess I didn't realise that other countries have been doing this uh, for uh, perhaps a lot longer than, than we have over here. Why do you think the UK is a little bit slower to catch up? The, the UK is, uh, you know, a country of contrast, you know, and, and an analogy I use all the time is that you, you walk down a, a street in London, which has got, you know, a cobbled surface and there's a Tesla sitting there plugged into the, to a, like a parking meter, which is charging it. And I, I think that's a really good representation of the, the UK market is that, uh, in some areas, they're, you know, really very progressive around technology, open banking, even HMRC, the reporting and the, the ability to get, you know, tax code updates live from HMRC and all those sorts of things, which is way more advanced in Australia around governance from the government. But the, the software uptake is significantly less. And I think the majority of that's driven by a fear of change. And the fear of change, you know, kind of is driven by a whole bunch of bureaus as well. So, yeah, looking to develop your business when you're actually okay with what's going on, people kind of don't look up and say, okay, is there a way we can do this better? And is there other things that we can actually do and offer our clients instead of, you know, those mundane, laborious tasks that you do in sort of desktop software? They don't often have a a value conversation around payroll with their clients. It's more about gross to net and, and sort of delivering a, a payslip at the end of the day. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm interested to know then if is this, this fear of change, does this fear of change come from the payroll managers or does this actually come more senior than that? The stakeholders, the HR directors, the finance directors may be undervaluing payroll, so therefore not looking at it with that you know commercial or strategic mindset. Where's this resistance to change coming from? Is it the payroll managers themselves or is it is it above that? Is it a board level? Look, I think it's right across the board. If you have an organization that is reasonably progressive and are looking to develop their product with their clients, then they go and look for solutions that allow them to do that. Sure. And I think, I think the market's really conservative and it's probably linked to 
tradition because uh, outsourced payroll or bureau payroll is is definitely a gross to net sort of equation in the in the UK market. If we look at outsourcing in Australia, it's very very different. You know, they they manage all the components, leave management, calculating the the rates of pay, having really uh, good processes around uh, the collection of data like timesheets and expense requests and all those sorts of things and the approval of them. Sure. I don't think it's any one component of the industry. I think that the the change thing is actually the barrier. It's it's not the people. So, you know, sometimes you, you you fail to look up and you're just dealing with what you need to deal with and you don't get the time. And and time's probably one of the greatest factors. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Sometimes it's very hard to look up when you're so head down. So I totally get that. I guess then, you know, obviously we're going through a huge global pandemic and has the result of this pandemic then, do you think, because I've seen some payrollers pivot brilliantly and handle so much thrown at them from remote working capabilities and managing teams uh, remotely, dealing with new legislation, particularly in relation to furlough claims, you know, where this legislation didn't even exist prior to that in the UK in particular. So do you think some of the pandemic, if there is a positive to come out of this, it's been actually a willingness to look at how processes can be improved and how departments could be changed? Um, And do you think there's more of a willingness then going forward to adopt potentially new technologies post-pandemic? Has that been a a positive from that side of things? Yeah, I I think it is. I I think one of the unfortunate things about COVID is that it's created a whole lot of unrest for the the payroll professionals that are doing this every day. And you have to take your hat off to them that they've managed to get through all of this change and and still get payslips out and pay people, which is an incredible task. But uh, I think it has made people realise that there is a few faults in the business model, especially around the use of desktop software. We actually had a scenario in Australia where the Australian tax office didn't have enough remote access licenses for their people to work from home. Wow. And that's a really good example of just a really simple thing in a really big organization that you would think would have those sorts of things available to them. If you look at the the smaller organizations that perhaps don't have an IT department and had to deal with this, you know, the whole desktop uh, software thing would have been a nightmare. Sure, sure. And it's, it's interesting. So from a recruitment perspective, I'm an adopter of Australian software. We went to market a few years ago to, to find new software for our own business. And actually, we went with, a, with an Australian solution called JobAdder, which has been fantastic. It is a cloud-based solution as well. And I have to say, when we did all the demos with a lot of UK suppliers, um, it surprised me about some of the features that this the software we did use, JobAdder, offered that the UK ones didn't. And sometimes you don't realize there's an issue until you're showing a solution. Yeah. So if I was to use that sort of in a comparable sense for payroll, what sort of problematic or conventional payroll processes have you seen being accepted as the norm, particularly in the UK, I guess, by payroll professionals where perhaps there are other solutions they hadn't considered? Maybe if you're doing things in Australia that we're not, we haven't quite caught up with yet. Yeah. What, what kind of, what kind of solutions are you seeing at the moment? I think, you know, the, the key features, and, and this kind of goes back to GDPR. You know, I think the, the industry did a big pivot around the way that they collected data securely. 
But the pivot was kind of like, okay, put your spreadsheet in a box or a drive uh, account or and we'll access it securely. And so I think uh, the way that people collect data is fundamentally flawed in the UK. I think that the single source of truth uh, is really important. And, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, the times that the employees work or the leave that they take or the expense requests that they have actually goes through a normal flow workflow. And you're right. When when you demo this stuff to people, they go, ah, oh, now I see this makes sense. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases, we actually have to demo it quite obviously to say, you know, when an employee clocks in on their phone to start work, you can actually see that on the Keypay UI that they clocked in. And they start to realize that, oh, it's actually all the one set of data and it's live. We can actually see stuff uh, in real time which uh, is incredibly powerful, not only for the bureau, but incredibly powerful for the business, the business managers, you know, the employee managers that manage people in those businesses. So I think, yeah, just, you know, software that embraces a whole lot of benefit for business is actually more valuable than just looking at the whole gross to net uh, calculation for payroll. Because payroll, you know, all around the world, doesn't matter where you are, is a significant expense for business, uh, you know, the actual, you know, paying of people. So, you know, getting the best out of that and making sure that you're doing the right thing in your business is actually really important. So I think, yeah, modern payroll tools that, that provide businesses, you know, the capacity to continuously look at what they're doing and, and improve what they're doing. I think... Um Something we've certainly seen as recruiters, and obviously we we speak to power managers every day who are often changing solutions, have implemented solutions, are working, you know, with outsourced payrolls, in-house payrolls. One thing we've seen as a, as a as a general trend is a move away from what used to be very popular, which is the integrated all-in-one solutions, to towards best-in-class. Um, so, so, you know, it might be a best-in-class expenses um, piece of kit that integrates with an existing solution. It might be a best-in-class abs- uh, absence reporting or whatever it might be. But people are looking for software that is specific to what it's designed to do as opposed to trying to be a, a, a an old phrase here jack of all trades master of none if you like and i know that from yeah. key pay perspective you, you've been quite predominantly focused on helping bureaus and accountancy firms um with with their payrolls and there's a particular solution called director pays which i believe is specifically designed to remove the manual efforts involved with the director payroll process can you tell us a little bit more about about that element of the software because that seems to me like that would be a good example of one of these best in class solutions it's quite specific it's quite niche within the payroll cycle and for a specific task yeah um so director pays is a problem we identified in market when we when we first came into market and there is a significant amount of time spent 15 to 20 minutes per director pay uh, by a bureau to actually get it out the door which includes you know the setting up of the pay whether it's uh, you know monthly quarterly or annually for the for the director you know Making sure that that it's cracked, if there's uh, you know pension and auto enrollment involved in it, or any of those sorts of things, tax code updates from the the HMRC, and then at the end of it, you know the reporting back to the director and all those sorts of things. So what we've done is basically taken that whole process and automated it. Uh, so uh, in the in the first month of the, the the financial year, and you have to review this annually anyway, you basically set up the pay run. Uh, with a whole lot of parameters in it. If there's any flags that are, that, that you want to put in place, 
it will check the data for you and make sure that it lets you know, stops the process and lets you know uh, that something's not right. But in general terms, we can take that 15 to 20 minutes for every director pay. And, and I did mention, you know, there's sort of 891,000 director only businesses in the UK. Yeah. Uh, if you do the math, that's a significant chunk of time. So we take that and we automate it. Uh, so you invest five minutes in the setup process at the start of it with, with director pays, and then you don't do anything for the rest of the year. Wow. Wow. So that's that's why it's so useful for the accountancy firms and the payroll bureaus then, because it's those businesses that predominantly are going to be processing payrolls for small company directors, limited company directors, and so on and so forth. And I, I'm, presumably from this, that, that's all cloud-based as well. Correct. Yep. So you just set it up. Uh, you know, even if you the the directors want to have the mobile app, they'll they'll get pinged their pay slip. You know, they can have access uh, to to all the reporting uh, as well for for the company. So, the the need to sit down and run through these really lengthy checklists on every payroll that you do uh, is is kind of not required. And I guess the, the the biggest thing is for a bureau and a payroll professional. These tasks are just laborious things that you have to do to get through to the end of the day. So if you take that stuff away from a business and allow them to focus on the more complex payrolls and to invest time into adding value to the client, you know, relationship, um, it be, it, it delivers a stronger outcome for the business and it delivers actually a really good uh, outcome for the companies you, you're automating the stuff for because they actually don't know that it's being automated and they just get their reports exactly how they would normally do it. Sure, sure. And obviously, when, you, when you're working on a client payroll-based focus, every single person you're paying is a client. So you want to make sure that service is exceptional or you lose business. So, um, you know, for those Correct. those running client payrolls, you know, that kind of service is, is absolutely fundamental to the success of those businesses. So let, let me take it back a little bit then, uh, Richard, if I may. Tell me a little bit more about your background, because it sounds to me, and maybe I'm incorrect here, but it sounds to me like you discovered a bit of a niche area that needed needed some development, needed some um, focus to really improve the direct-to-pay process. It's not often that I know I speak about, in terms of talking about payroll, that I talk specifically about direct-to-payroll. So this is relatively new ground even for me. How did you identify this as a, as a niche area that needed some focus on? And, and what's your background that led you even to, to, to founding KeyPay initially back in, back in 2012? Uh, I'll start with the background because that's a really interesting question. But, you know, I've been in, in the IT industry for 28 years now. So, uh, working with small to medium sized businesses, helping them improve their technology so that they could work less, you know, in the business and work on their business more. So that, that was, that was my core mantra when I was in, you know, uh, IT running support for, uh, a huge amount of uh, small businesses in Australia. So that was the background. And uh, funnily enough, a beer conversation with one of the other founders uh, in 2010, when we we kind of had been working together for some time, he was a, a contractor that did some patient management system development stuff for one of my clients. And we, we kind of said, well, you know, let's let's do something that genuinely helps business. And uh, in, in some of my past roles, I'd been involved heavily with payroll and understood the complexities of, you know, using desktop software and those sorts of things. And, you know, in 2010, there was, there was not even, uh, I think there was one cloud application in the Australian market. So we just basically decided, okay, let's do payroll. That's how we got there. 
The director pay stuff was really quite interesting. It, it came from a significant chunk of market research. So we spoke to, to you know, hundreds of hundreds of bureaus in the in the UK market and tried to understand where they had pain points. And without doubt, their pain points were the amount of time that they spend doing tasks that have no value to, to the client-facing process. And that zero value is things like data entry, reading emails from clients, you know, doing things that are just the same thing over and over and over again. So repetitive tasks that, that really have no value and it takes them away from their core profession, which, you know, the value for, for those guys is to, to provide payroll knowledge to their clients and work with them to, to achieve what they need to achieve. So it was, it was literally research and uh, we just went about simplifying the, the core key pay application. We created a startup from a marketing perspective and, and the marketing team embraced that and, and basically launched the whole director pays, you know, solution with the support of the product guys. And, you know, it's, it's been an incredible uh, success. The interesting thing is, is that uh, I think 95% of the people that have started using director pays from a bureau perspective have also taken on the rest of the application and have seen the benefits of the cloud implementation and, and usage and, and can see that it directly translates into their bureau business uh, straight away. So and no, that transition happens really quickly. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting, and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Do you think then historically accounting firms and bureaus have been quite slow to adopt cloud-based technology or, or actually right now, are they eager to make those changes? Are you seeing that this is a good time to be hitting the UK market because actually right now they're, they're now, having been resistant to change, they're now ready to make that shift? Yeah, there's definitely, you know, you asked me a question about COVID before and it, there, there's definitely a realisation that things need to change. And I guess the other problem with the UK market is that up until the last couple of years, there's been no predominant player in the cloud space. So the options were pretty much to move from desktop or, you know, server desktop based applications to another server desktop based application. Uh, and the few players that were in the market early, uh, in the early days, they, they just didn't cut it from a compliance perspective or a feature perspective. So, I guess the the driver is that there's investment in the market around cloud, and we're not the only one. There's there's lots of players, and so I think people are becoming more aware of it. Great. So, 
interestingly, I heard from your colleague Kate on the marketing side, and she gave me a sneak preview into a white paper I know you uh, keep having been developing, which is how accountants can use technology to make payroll profitable, which I thought was quite interesting. We don't usually think of payroll as being a, a profit center for businesses. As you say, it's a very expensive department. It tends to pay out rather than make money coming in, although obviously you can save money through efficiency savings. So with that in mind, what are the kind of well, A, how can we make payroll profitable? That's obviously the key question here. But also, what are the kind of features accountants you know, should be looking out for in their payroll technology to help maximize their efficiencies and really add value to a payroll operation? That's, that's a really great question. Um, looking at the product offering through a different lens is really important. And listening to what your customers are looking for. So what we know about the market outside of the the bureau market, once again, research, is that people are looking for a lot more uh, consultancy from their accounting firms. So this is not just in relation to uh, payroll. We talk about it a lot uh, in the industry about, you know, the value pricing and in accountancy and, um, you know, focusing on the assisting and, and consultancy uh, to businesses so that they can develop their businesses better and, and providing, you know, really good advice. And I think that translates directly into payroll. So a, a great example would be let's say a, a trucking company that just traditionally you know, gets paper timesheets and submits it to their bureau and they spit out some pay slips and they pay them. What, where are the efficiencies in that process? Uh, and if they're doing monthly payrolls, you're kind of always a month behind in looking at the reporting for your payroll costs, which is a significant component of what you do. So I, I think the, the key points are looking for value in technology. And automation is a really significant thing. And automation doesn't need to be replacing people in jobs. You know, technology automation is things like, you know, the source creating a, a timesheet, their employer or their employer, employee manager approving that timesheet. And when you get to payroll, all of the data is approved, ready to go. So if you look at the, the bureau model currently, there's spreadsheets, there might be a SharePoint you know, uh, exchange, those sorts of things. But somebody's still going to either enter or upload or, you know, and then check. And there's a whole lot of things in that process that just has human error written all over it. And unfortunately, we're all human. We all make errors, right? So looking for value in technology, I think uh, one of your recent guests, Lou Day, spoke at length about automation and the benefits. And it was a really interesting session, you know, taking out that human error, which is, is super important. And, and I guess the, the other thing, the point that we need to make once again is that, uh, you know, the concerns around automation making roles obsolete, what we're suggesting is exactly the opposite. We want people to embrace their skills and use those skills to add value. So, the process of adding value to the client conversation means that you can ask more for it. And that's a really important part of the process of developing your clients. So if in the market in the UK, the, the gross to net payslip thing is really, really competitive. And it is, as you said, not profitable. So once you step outside the gross to net payslip product uh, service and you start adding value about 
you know, thinking about uh, weekly reporting on timesheets uh, for the uh, organisation so that they can look at their costs in, you know, they could do it daily if they wanted to in, in almost real time. And helping them, you know, get around the compliance issues that, that might be the, the collection of uh, absence uh, or leave or those sorts of things. And, and having proper systems around that. So these are all chargeable value adds that, that a bureau can basically use technology to add, not do any more work and actually shift the responsibility back to the client to enter and uh, approve the data, which they're already doing by using spreadsheets and timesheets. So there, there's no impact on the client. They get better reporting. The bureau could actually increase the, the level of uh, income that the, they can get out of it. And then, then you throw in automation. So you look at all those director pays. Uh, you can take a full-time person and then dedicate them to, to picking up new business or having better relationships and adding that value so you can charge more. So there's a whole mix of things in there that can really change the way that bureaus and accountants in particular can charge and the businesses benefit from those extra services that they offer. Yeah, God, I think you put that brilliantly, especially on the automation piece, which is a you know it's, it's a nervous subject for a lot of payroll professionals who are worried about their jobs. But I, I absolutely uh, side with you and, and agree with you that it's not going to remove jobs; it's going to change jobs. And I think reporting in particular is where payroll can really add value. And you've highlighted that brilliantly. If you're a bureau, obviously you can create those reports and and, and charge them back depending on what they're reporting on. Typically, from a reporting perspective, what kind of reports are you seeing as being the most I guess, in demand, what kind of reports are, are, are uh, particularly within bureaus and accounting firms, are, are clients looking for where they can see those value adds? Are there any particular reports? Maybe it's absence management or something similar, but what kind of reporting are you seeing that's really helping with that trend analysis? You know, the key ones are gross to net. They're, they're, they're always a, a key report, but timesheet uh, reporting. So in, in key pay, you can, and director pays as well, but not so relevant. You can add costing to the timesheet. So you can, you can kind of see their gross figure as they work through the, the day or the month or whatever reporting period you want to do on the timesheets. And the, and the really good thing is if you use the system to, to collect the timesheets and approve those timesheets, then the client can actually just log in, get a reporting only access, doesn't have access to all the payroll stuff, just the reports that you want to expose to them and, you know, uh, manage those sorts of things. Absence, um, management, you know, one of the things that you don't see very much of in the UK market is leave liability reporting. So, um, you know, you've got the leave liability for the year. You know, uh, are you going to get to the last four weeks of the year and everyone's going to have a, a four weeks off? You know, how do you manage that stuff? You know, right right through to, to things like live clock in and clock out from our mobile apps to uh, a live report uh, in our web app. And the list goes on and on. So I think there's not one simple report, but I think that the whole gamut of being able to access your reporting as it's live, right? So anything that that, that changes uh, from day to day, you can actually report on it, look at costs, better manage your business. And then you throw in rostering and uh, or rotor management and the management of leave and, and absentees and those sorts of things. It, it just uh, starts to become a really good business tool. I have to say as well, if I was a payroll professional, which I, you know, I don't process payrolls, but it's all that kind of analytics and all that reporting that would really get my juices flowing. I'd love looking at the trends. I'd love looking at identifying where 
you know, you might be able to implement or recommend process improvements to to a business leader. You might be able to say from some of those reports, you mentioned the leave liability. Well, post-COVID, there's going to be a lot of people that have maybe on, have been on furlough or coming back or have had to work through this crisis that haven't been able to take holidays for various reasons. And you're going to have some of these things potentially starting to show in trends. And I would I would find it fascinating to analyse some of those trends and some of those reports. And I think that's much more exciting to get involved in that kind of work. And as you say, some of the mundane tasks, that data entry tasks that traditionally have made this kind of analytics difficult because you're, you're short on time, because you're so busy dealing with the day-to-day that you don't, haven't got time to analyze trends. So I think it's um, I think it's really exciting for the future of payroll. And if you've got access to you know, a huge number of reporting uh, tools like you just mentioned there or, 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 or reports, and that, that, that really opens up the doors to implementing good, efficient process improvements that actually affect organizational objectives and bottom line profits, which I think is amazing. But I guess if I'm a payroll director listening to this, or I'm a bureau manager, I'm an accountant potentially, and I've got a number of plant payrolls, I might say, look, all of this is great, Rich. What you're saying sounds brilliant. But if I'm honest, I'm just too busy. I haven't got the time to suddenly change all my processes again. Or maybe post-COVID, I don't feel like I've got the investment available to to make all these changes. What would you say to someone who perhaps is struggling or or maybe just thinks it's all too daunting or too much of an investment? What would you say to people like that 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 are interested but but aren't quite committed yet? Yeah, I I think small steps. So one of the things that we we hear often is that we want to move software and uh, it's kind of like, well, we're just going to move today and, you know, we're going to turn the other software off, you know, in a, in a month's time. And I think uh, in reality, nothing happens that quickly. So small steps start with really simple things if you're looking to change software. So take some simple clients that, you know, Director Pays is a great example and use the software and get used to it. And then, you know, seek some education, get some training sessions uh, on the software. And it'll be, you know, a real key to the successful change of the software. And then slowly plan out the process of migration. And one of the, one of the key areas that I think, you know, people uh, look at in the UK is they want to do it clean at the end of the, the, the financial year. And with KeyPay, you know, uh, and, and other applications that you actually don't need to do that. You can do it in the middle of the year. Uh, you can put in some opening balances and you'll get the data uh, up to date. The payslips will look proper uh, because there will be, you know, balances there. Um, so, yeah, uh, really thinking about the way that you plan it. And, and go through the onboarding process that, that is planned. So taking the time to actually step back and think about the way that you want to achieve what you want to achieve and really setting some goals around why you're changing. And, and that's one of the other issues that we see quite a lot is that people change because they're just not happy with this software. They change to another software and try and ram the processes that they had with the old software into the new software. And it, it's, it's only the reason why they do that because it's difficult to accept the change and it's not well planned. So I guess the, you know, looking, looking to improve the processes and, and taking small steps to achieve what you want to achieve uh, based on goals will, will really set them up to succeed. 
And, and for those that are really hesitant, I think what you need to do is think about what you want to achieve from your business and what you want to achieve with your customers. And it all comes back to, you know, those simple goal things. And, you know, some of them will just not be ready to go through the process, but there will be a trigger at some stage to think, okay, I'm, I really need to do this. And there is going to be some discomfort because there always is when you, you're driving change into a business. But the time that you invest in the, in the short term will result in a, a, a far more streamlined process in the long term and far happier clients, far stickier clients. And I started to talk about the market in the UK and the gross to net, uh, how, how competitive the payslip price is. You know, once, once you start to, to add value to your clients, they become a lot stickier. And, and for a lot of these bureaus, which are linked to an accounting firm, the client also becomes stickier from an accounting perspective. So there's a, there's a decent win across the business and it, it, uh, the payroll stuff is actually really valuable to that relationship, I think. I think um, you've highlighted that really well. And again, it, I guess one goal could simply be that you want to make, want to use your, the technology that we have internally to make our payroll profitable, which is sort of bringing it back to that point again, which is now achievable, which I think is, which I think is great. And if one, I know, I know as a, as a recruiter and as a marketeer for our business, the most powerful marketing you can ever do to winning more clients is never me telling you how great I am, but actually our customers and our candidates telling others what great service we provided. And if you, if, you know, if, if being client led as, as accountancy payrolls and bureau payrolls are, you know, if you've got other clients telling other clients that they are getting a great service and they're able to use this reporting to really add value, then that's going to be a great way of you know building that profitability, building new clients, and as you say, building more sticky clients in the longer term as well. It's interesting for me to listen to it from this perspective because it's not an area, funny enough, that even I've done this for nearly 20 years, that I'm a huge specialist in when it comes to the, 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 the bureau side of things. So it's really interesting to hear how value can be added and how we can look at payroll as a more profitable center within a business. One of the interesting things that we have found is that from a key pace perspective, when we partner with a bureau, we actually provide them with a, a branded solution. So it's their brand, not our brand. And when it goes down the line to the employee um, and they've got a mobile app on their phone, which is also branded for the bureau, you know, they open it up and they see the bureau's name, that their branding on, on the mobile app every time that they get paid or every time that they put a timesheet in or, you know, do an expense request and those sorts of things. And one of the things that we have noticed over, over the, the eight years that we've been, you know, in the wild as an application is that our strongest advocates are actually the employees. Uh, and there is a multiplier effect, which is incredible because what happens is the employee leaves one job and goes to another job. And he's had this great experience with, uh, you know, a mobile app and it, it basically drives his employment with the, with the employer. You know, he goes to the next job and he gets given a paper timesheet to fill out and a uh, paper payslip. And they go, why aren't you using this? And and they show them. And the, the next thing is that, you know, that partner gets a call from that person saying, hey, we really want to streamline our pay payroll processes. Uh, can you tell me about, um, you know, what my employee is telling me about? That's a really interesting thing in the market. Great. Well, a great example as well, and um, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for for that kind of work being in being in recruitment. You know, it's all about 
not just attracting new staff, but how do you retain them? And it's it's really important that, that employers and brands don't overlook just how much of an impact the payroll process can have on employee retention and attraction. And that's a, a great example, you know, of, of, of how that can happen. You know, if, if an employee feels like they're not being cared for, or aren't getting the, the best payroll service, then that's one reason for leaving, but also one reason for staying. And um, when there are competitors out there trying to headhunt you um, for another role, one reason for staying is because you're getting a great service and you, you're really impressed with the with, with the way that your payroll is run. So, a uh, great example. So. Coming towards the end of this uh, conversation, which unfortunately I think we could talk for a long time on this, I've got loads of questions, but I'd like to ask you a little bit more about how you see the future of the industry then, not just in the UK, but Australia and some of the other areas, uh, markets you're working in, Singapore, New Zealand and beyond. If you ask to take it more as a more broader question, how do you see the future of payroll, I guess, evolving over the next two to five years? That's a that, that's a really great question because we, we think about this all the time from an application perspective and a business perspective. Uh, I think uh, the gig economy is going to have a huge impact on employment, uh, and I think uh, COVID is going to escalate that impact uh, rapidly. Uh, I think uh, you know in the UK, you know the most common pay cycle is uh, a monthly pay. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of these uh, pseudo payday lenders coming out and letting you get access to your pay before you actually get paid. You will have seen a bit of that in market. And I think I think what's going to happen is that the gig economy and people with multiple jobs, definitely generational based, will alter the payroll landscape. And we could see things like a, a daily clearing of payroll, so like a daily pay run. I think it will become very transactional. It will become less about the payroll stuff, uh, more about the calculation and uh, and the process. So, having having really solid collection of data, approval of data, and then automation uh, in the in the future will be significant. And I think that we'll see a whole lot of change of focus. I think HR apps will predominantly disappear out of the market. I think that payroll will become uh, almost like banking for employees. So they'll expect to get a a payroll card where it's a you know a, a Visa debit card or a Mastercard debit card, where they're paid on instantly uh, at the end of the day on a on a daily clearing. I think that you know leave is going to be disrupted. I think in the UK pensions will be disrupted. I think that there'll be a lot more uh, structure put around the the pension contribution system. Yeah, I, I think there's there's just an incredible change coming, and I fear what will happen is that um, governments and you're seeing it at a government level. So we've got single touch payroll here. You've got, you know, the, the live reporting to HMRC in, in the UK, New Zealand does the same sort of thing. So does Singapore. So the, the, the government's getting a lot more data. And I, I think that they're going to be a lot more demanding on how they get that data. So I, I think that the really key thing uh, to the change over the next three to five years will be that technology will be the key driver to change based on the advance of uh, a generation that will um, really look at their employment very differently. That's going to be a real challenge for all of the, the industry across the world. And um, that, that, that stuff really excites us, though. 
Sure, I can imagine why. I mean, they say that data is now the most valuable currency in the world, right? So that everything you said, they kind of make sense in terms of what we're reading. I think also you mentioned things like pay cards. I mean, it's not always true, but often, particularly in the UK, we tend to follow what the US is doing. And I think the US is already a little bit ahead of us in terms of some of these pay cards that already exist and instant pay. And I know some studies by the CIPP here haven't necessarily shown favorable statistics in the adoption of things like pay on demand at the moment. But I personally think that will change. I think it's it comes more about the employee experience rather than what actually what payroll departments want. It's going to be led higher up that and it's going to be asked as compelled it's going to be down to payroll teams to implement it whether they like it or not because i think you know at board level they're going to want to implement solutions that keep employees retained and and, and aren't aren't behind the curve if you like and then the us already doing some of these things i think we're a little bit potentially i'm saying behind but we do things differently but we do tend to follow certain in the uk what the us is doing and it seems like they're doing some of those things that you mentioned there already um really fascinating we don't know what the future holds but as, uh, as you say a fascinating time technology is obviously going to play a huge part in that it's, ra- it's rapidly advancing quicker than i've ever seen it uh, move before in terms of how it's influencing payroll so uh really exciting to, to hear your views on that today richard uh, i guess my last question before i close the podcast today is what are your ambitions for key pay what are, what are you hoping to achieve over the next well let's call it the next two years what are, what are your ambitions both in the uk and uh, and further afield the, the UK, you know, we want to build a significant business based on providing a huge amount of value to the, to the market uh, across direct businesses and, and bureaus. That, that's just really our focus. If we can solve a problem and we can add value to, to a process, then it's really valuable for the people we're working with. And I, I guess from a, a, a business perspective, COVID's really been an interesting issue for the for business around the world, and and a couple of years ago we we embarked on a de-risking process, uh, launching in the UK, building and launching in New Zealand, building and launching in in Singapore, and we're just about going to launch in Malaysia as well. So I think I think over the next couple of years, uh, consolidation while this craziness is going on, and I think it's going to go on for a while. And just making sure that we're doing the right things by our partners and our, our customers, uh, you know, ensuring that they're succeeding, they're solid as businesses, making sure that we help them do that. So adding a lot more tech into the business and, and delivering some really true innovation. You know, we've got a great opportunity to, to help businesses do, do what they do better. And we're just going to continue to focus to do that stuff. Amazing. Well, it sounds really exciting. Absolute delight to have you on the Payroll Podcast today, Rich. Thanks for joining me. Of course, if anyone wants to find out more about KeyPay or the direct pay solution, please, please, please go to uh, their website, which is www.keypay.co.uk. I should add as well, it's not just a site about the solution. This is a site that gives you access to loads of resources. So if you work in payroll, it doesn't matter what sector you work in. If you're a payroll manager, I really advise you check out that site. They've got a fantastic uh, resource hub there full of great articles, full of great blogs, and full of the, great, the latest, greatest research uh, into the payroll industry in terms of data that's, that's influencing the way that payroll is run, both in the UK and beyond. So I would advise anyone listening to this to go and check out that website, um, regardless of, uh, of, of what your role is in payroll. I'll also add a link to your LinkedIn profile, Richard, if I may, to the episode notes. If anyone wants to reach out to Richard, you can do so in that way. Uh, any other uh, links you'd like me to, to mention uh, while we have you, Richard? Uh, no, that's that's all. That uh, Twitter is uh, at KeyPay app, and you know we've we've also got an international site, which is KeyPay.com. 
which has a whole lot of stuff on it as well. So thank you very much for your, for, for your time, Nick, and, and taking the time to chat. Uh, I've really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it as well. And I should add, I keep are launching the white paper, which is titled How Accountants Can Use Technology to Make Payroll Profitable. The white paper really explores automation in the UK payroll space in particular and some of the opportunities that, that it can bring uh, for payroll. So uh, there's eight different uh, thought leaders interviewed in that white paper, all about technology innovations and trends in the industry. Uh, so again, if you're interested in finding out about how accountants can use the technologies that we've been discussing this podcast to make payroll more profitable, I would recommend going to the website, sign up for the uh, the newsletter, all the notifications, and uh, hopefully you'll get access to that white paper. Well, thanks again, Richard. Um, of course, if you are a payroll professional listening to this podcast and you have a payroll-related vacancy that needs support, then hopefully I'm your man to help. I've been working in payroll recruitment for over 20 years, and JJ Recruitment is a specialist payroll recruiter recruiting all roles from payroll clerk right through to payroll developers and implementation consultants so do give me a call 01727 800 377 or reach me at nick at jgarecruitment.com otherwise it just leaves me to say thank you for listening once again and i'll be bringing you a new episode of the payroll podcast real soon take care of yourselves and each other and thanks again rich for joining me today thank you Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.